The Rocket Review, a streaming video podcast where consenting adults discuss sex, kink and BDSM, sexual health, sex work, and the adult entertainment industries. While our conversations are created to build understanding and share valuable information, not all views expressed reflect those of the producers, hosts, or sponsors. The Rocket Review is intended for mature audiences only. Hey gang, so for this very first podcast, I thought I would start out at the beginning. I would introduce myself and reintroduce my mission and vision for even starting the Rocket Review in the first place. So uh, I am a cis white gay male of 46 years of age. I am a pansexual, married in a gay relationship. My husband and I live here in northern Arizona. That kind of sets up uh, uh, the present. Uh, But my past is assorted and varied, and I've had careers in many different uh, aspects of film, television, radio, mostly behind the scenes. And uh, only recently have I, in the last decade, began coming uh, uh, getting out in front of the curtain, but not as a, a, a talent, uh, as an educator. And my topics that I like to discuss are uh, BDSM, and if you're not familiar, that's bondage and dominance, sadomasochism, or uh, you know, slave and master. There's there's a lot of different acronyms. Uh, bondage and discipline uh, is another you know spin of B D S and M. But the acronym B D S M uh, is also generally summed up uh, in the word kinkster. You know, a person who uh, is sexually explorative. You know, someone who uh, yeah, a sexual explorer. That's what I am. One of my biggest fetishes I found out years ago was listening to other kinksters and other fetishists, other professionals, pro-doms and the like, uh, discuss at length and in detail not the persons they worked with, but the details of the scenes they were helping create for the people. Uh, I love listening to people passionately discuss their fetishes um, within reason. As long as you are approaching fetish in a consent-driven uh, uh, philosophy, then I want to hear you. I totally want to listen to uh, uh, your words, your story, your lived experience. And most of my conversations in interview usually begin with, so tell me, when did you first discover you were kinky? Now, I've done three rather successful series. Uh, They're 12 episodes apiece. They're already on YouTube. And I'd love for all of you to go and and take a look at those. Uh, The links, of course, are available in all of the descriptions on all of the podcast platforms that you'll be finding this on. So I'm not going to bother to spell it out there for you. But if you're typing right now, it's The Rocket Review on YouTube. So... All right, sex work and the adult entertainment industry are actually like the same thing. And and the reason that I separate them, and I use the words sex work a lot on this show, and I talk to sex workers uh, regularly as well, is because 
In the United States, sex work is incredibly divisive. It's been a political football uh, topic for, well, since the beginning of this country, honestly. Uh, and, and it is also in other countries. It's not just centralized here. There are actually very few uh, very forward-thinking countries that have decriminalized sex work and have actually given it understanding and given it uh, uh, backing and, and support and uh, uh, resources. Yeah, very few, very few countries, and we'll get into them. Uh, but I live here in the United States, and I am a sex worker and have been a sex worker off and on throughout my entire more mainstream career. And so I feel very passionate. And I'm very fortunate and privileged that I am able to talk about it openly and honestly, and I can share my experiences at 46, 47 years of age, uh, which are significant and lengthy. And again, that's what we're going to do here at The Rocket Review. Alongside that, I'm going to interview fantastic people. Uh, I'm going to interview sex therapists. I'm going to interview adult entertainers. I'm going to interview sex workers, pro-dominance, financial dominance. I'm going to interview submissives. I'm going to interview uh, everybody from every fathomable gender expression and role play expression. But what we're not going to do here is ever deal in misinformation. That is I will guarantee you, I vet everyone. I look deeply into their backgrounds. I look through all their social media that's available that they put out there. I try as best I can before I ever even invite someone on to get a great understanding of their personage, their philosophy. Are they a kinkster because they're pursuing a catharsis? And want to share that with other people, or perhaps maybe there's a slightly more sinister or not even um, that. It's not the great word. Maybe there's a darker angle or more self-serving angle that's going on. Hey, I'm looking to explore that as well. Uh, but again, here at the Rocket Review, our goal is to explore the entire pantheon of human sex and sexuality, including those shadow areas, kink and BDSM, you know, uh, and, and that goes well beyond just the discussion. Hey, do you like it rough? So I'm going to sign off here and we're going to pick it up with another story that I've actually very passionate about. It has to do with the adult entertainment industry and sex work in general. Uh, and so we're going to pause for a bit of a sponsor break and then we'll be right back. Hey gang, Rocket here. Are you the owner or marketing manager for an adult themed or sex work based business? TRR has advertising sponsorship opportunities created for the adult industry. A one to two minute ad spot during episodes of TRR is a great fit for small adult businesses like adult event promoters, sex toy creators, fetish gear and apparel lines, adult social clubs, and online adult entertainment companies. Sponsoring the Rocket Review helps keep independent adult industry voices on mainstream platforms and makes phenomenal promotional tool for sex work and adult-themed businesses. For inquiries, email rocket at therocketreview.com. Hey, and we're back. 
So this next story I have been referring to lovingly as the rise of free porn. So let's start with the before times. Jump in the way, way back machine with me for a minute. And we're going to go back to, say, the 60s and 70s. And and we're talking about adult content or Pornography, as it's legally referred to. Uh, pornography at this time in the 60s and 70s, that's the 1960s and 70s, is a highly controlled and very profitable co- physical commodity. We're talking about magazines, books, DVDs, tapes, uh, you know, VHS tapes, you know, and beta, <laughs> if you had that. Uh, all of these things are highly controlled in uh, the United States. Some states, even uh, now, still have complete bans on the sale and distribution of these types of, of, of uh, 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 content, adult content. Now, don't even get me started on some of the ridiculous and arbitrary rules on sex toys. I mean, like, some states even limit how many you can own. Okay, we'll circle back on that. All right, so in the before times, pornography is highly controlled. You have to go to specialized shops who are very regularly scrutinized to be able to get it. Um, You know, Google uh, Times Square, New York Times Square in the 1980s. (laughs) I mean, just for a second. And take a look at all the XXX porn shops that lined up and down there. Hey, there have been some famous uh, porn shops uh, in the world, like Circus of Books, that honestly did a wonderful uh, thing for like the LGBTQ community by carrying pornography that was highly scrutinized and rare and hard to find for communities like, uh, say, fetishists or even just gay people in general uh, often were able to find, uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, their content there as well. All right, so in the before times, it is all highly pro, you know, you know, regulated. Uh, there are also uh, uh, groups forming that are all very uh, religious based. We're going to call them porn prohibition organizations, okay? And so these religious based porn prohibition organizations uh, uh, are are in the United States very fueled by evangelical Christianity. And a fun little side note, if you look at uh, consumption of pornography numbers, you know, if you look at the numbers and you look at them by region, you often find that uh, the evangelical South of the United States, the evangelical South, are the uh, largest consumers of adult content. And uh, fun, even further side note, is uh, gay man-on-man content <laughs> is, uh, is yeah, I know, I know. All right, so religious porn prohibition organizations are really, like, on fire about adult content at this point, too. So they've literally turned it now for decades into, like, the largest, longest-running political hot button like ever okay and so uh you know through the 60s and 70s they start laying on pressure to clean up you know it's constant uh uh you know evangelicals keep trying to use it to uh even push and create political candidates for president and stuff anyway and so by the 1980s you know uh there's a pretty strong uh restriction process on on adult content but the internet is about to come online and start changing 
all of that. And so from the late 1980s and through the late 1990s, we see an almost exponential growth of uh, adult content being shared or, you know, created even, shared and distributed on the internet. Now, this all starts out pretty much on back pages, dark web. I'm using air quotes around that because, you know, anyway, yeah, kind of level stuff. Okay. So these are, you know, you've got to get given the URL from a buddy or a friend, or you got to find it through a back page, or you've got to buy it. However, you gain access to the database itself. That's the structure of the internet. And of course, let's be honest, this is dial-up days. Uh, even trying to pull down a still image of any resolution was, I don't know, lengthy and painstaking. But there was also kind of an ecstasiest situation going on there. There was often kind of a fun anticipation of the image finally coming into full view, uh, uh, especially if it was a sexual image. So the early days of the internet had their own allure. Don't get it, you know, don't get it all kind of twisted. All right. So here we are into the late 90s and we see actual porn sites, porn websites, porn devoted, like ain't going to be abashed about it. We're coming right out. Here we are. Whoop, whoop. Uh, come and get it. And. Uh, uh, well, they're taking advantage at this time of what we call the lawless landscape that's going on in the internet. And they, uh, have, they don't run with the ethical model. So at this time, as these websites are coming online, they know that pornography is a highly regulated thing in the physical form. And they actually kind of take advantage of the lawless landscape in the internet and they don't enforce a uh, uh, an already established, say, code of ethics for studios creating content, individuals uh, who are upstart studios wanting to create content, that kind of thing. And so they throw the door open to the, um, well, the uh, sole proprietor, the uh, person who wants to create adult content even and uh, just give it away for free someone who doesn't even want to monetize they 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 are now finding this ability as well as hundreds of thousands of online sex workers are starting to really embrace it and get going and 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 start making actual livings i was in this early you know webcam experience i often talk about it on the show icq2 Shout out. Uh, I was very popular on there, and I had uh, lots of devotees who sent me gifts ranging from money to actual presents, uh, uh, underwear, clothing, shoes, I mean, all sorts of things. Um, and so – uh, I embraced this early landscape. I actually helped even set up a few of my friends uh, with their own uh, little internet side hustles back here in the early, you know, aughts, early 2000s. All right. So uh, I kind of shift gears around 2005 and I leave sex work and I leave the adult industry and I leave uh, the kink scene. Even I'm burned out. Honestly, I was living in Dallas, Fort Worth. I'd been trying to plug in, but you know, we'll get into more of that later. The internet has thrown open what we are now going to refer to as 
the tube site era. By the early aughts, we have dozens and dozens and dozens of tube sites coming online, and we're not going to get into their names because it doesn't matter which one of them was more ethical or less ethical. At this point in time, pretty much all of them are operating on a model of this. You, random person out there on the internet, can uh, open up an account as a talent or provider or content creator. Content creator, okay? You can open up a content creator account. However, you do not have to. Have to. You are not forced to become verified. In other words, the platform itself never actually forces any uh, a lot of the content account owners to produce uh, uh, identification and go through what models in the industry for decades have had to do up until this point, which is prove who they are and their and that they are of age and able to give consent. Okay, that's where this is all going to start to come full circle, because remember, we've got porn prohibition agencies out there that are still working. Okay, they tried to take down magazines like uh, Hustler and Playboy in the 1980s. All right. Then they rebranded in the 1990s when Internet uh, trafficking starts to become an actual thing. Okay, so and let's be clear here. Child sexual internet trafficking is a very real thing. And at the Rocket Review, we get behind every ethical effort to end it. However, porn prohibition organizations currently running, you know, walking around with that as their noble mission vision statement. That's actually the it's a facade. Okay, what they're trying to do is just end adult content, period, period. They don't want it anymore okay period they never have they feel like it's the the evil in the world that yeah anyway whatever moving on so the internet tube site era has come full on and now we literally see the birth of free porn this is when it begins so and and here's the here's the facade even the concept of free porn is actually a misnomer. So here's how it works. I am John Doe content creator 105. So JD105 opens up an account on blah tube site. And blah tube site does not force JD105 to get verified. He does, I never have to produce my ID. I never have to show you my address. I can even set up a bank account that you don't even have a real name to for my payouts. Or I can start using a lot of coming online. Online banking systems like PayPal, uh, uh, now you can even have stuff dumped out to your cash app or your Venmo. And so there's a lot of ways to get paid. Now, uh, and we'll get into ethical sites okay, in the present. So, But at this time, all right, and these are the early to mid-2000s, we've got all these sites coming online, and we've got JD-105s left and right, and often – 
they were either stealing content from, say, private conversations between people or uh, burn sites where people would post things that they shouldn't have, private discourse between two people sexting you know is becoming a raging thing at this point because cameras are now getting attached to cell phones and now we're documenting every fucking thing we do including every fucking thing we do now uh that's the other part of this is then many people were posting partner content. So I'm the content owner and I'm out posting my sexual exploits, but I'm not bothering to get any permission or identification paperwork on any of the partners in the scenes. That on its face is just wrong. It's wrong. It's always been wrong and, and it shouldn't have been allowed. But the tube sites, again, they didn't care. They didn't care because, and here's why, they were making so much money on the ads that surround that entire page, that free porn you're watching, it isn't free. You're getting subliminally hit. You have to see how many times did some of you even early on click through, come on, admit it. You did it. It's all happened. We clicked through some of us old timers. We clicked through early on some of you young ones, probably not so much, but here we are. We've there this loophole, the loophole era comes online and now a full like 14, 15, almost 20 years into this entire situation, more than 20 years into this situation. And the adult entertainment industry is under fire. We're in shambles. Things are frightening when you look at what's going on in the United States uh, in just the last decade, unless the last you know, seven or eight years, we've had Sasta Fasta, which took uh, online sex work almost completely down. It almost ended it completely. All of the fun back page, all of the ways to even advertise who you were and what you wanted to do and what you offered, gone. Uh, we've seen in the last four years during the rump regime an incredible pressure laid upon the credit card processors by the porn prohibition agencies. They, man, did they fucking ramp up. They laid on so much pressure that we've seen unprecedented deplatforming. In other words, uh, uh, many sites uh, have contemplated uh, de uh, not dealing with adult content anymore. Moving to strictly lingerie and, you know, uh, what we call Instagram style, you know, uh, uh, art photography, art photography. Um, and again, I'm not laying the blame on anybody. There's clearly there's a lot of blame. The, the adult industry itself begged, begged the tube sites to clean this up for like over a decade. And they didn't. They they refused. Literally, it wasn't until literally 2000, uh, you know, and 20 in December. When we actually suddenly see a purge, uh, Pornhub purges 70% of its 70% of its content. And, uh, uh, almost all of that was from unverified accounts. So you don't have to believe me. You can go and look it up yourself. And I encourage you to do so. Uh, and, and, and so that's the short little bit there. I like to call the rise of free porn. We're a full generation or more in uh, that now believe they have 
uh, a birthright to free uh, unfettered adult content of all shapes, kinds, sizes, fetishes, and specialties. And that's not, that's actually not the case. Um, it should have never been in my personal uh, opinion uh, as a performer, as a sex worker, um, um, and as someone who has always tried to profit even in some small way from uh, the content that I create. And I don't want to come off too harsh either because uh, and when I say that the adult industry is in shambles, hey, there are people uh, working at genuinely getting uh, the ship back uh, in the right direction. I consider myself one of those people and I try to feature and focus a lot of those people. And so, hey, that's where I'm going to leave it for this first uh, podcast. I really uh, uh, enjoyed this uh, uh, medium and I think that uh, this will be a, a fun adventure going forward. Uh, stay tuned because what I'm going to start mingling in over the first few uh, weeks here are some best of the series one, two, and three of the Rocket Review. So please stay tuned. Uh, please hit the subscribe buttons uh, uh, and shoot me an email. Thank you for listening to The Rocket Review. If you would like to be a guest or have your adult industry business featured on TRR, please email rocket at therocketreview.com. TRR is a production of Hole Punch Media and is supported through corporate sponsorships and subscribers like you. Remember, gang, if you can't be good, be damn good at it. <laughs>